Welcome to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise podcast with Dr. William T. Choctaw, MD, JD, where the doctor helps you unlock your full potential by equipping you with tools and knowledge in the areas of health, wealth, and wisdom, anchored in his experience as a business executive, a physician surveyor for the Joint Commission, a former mayor, and over 50 years of experience as a general surgeon. You've got questions, he's got answers. So let's get started. Here's Dr. William T. Choctaw, MD, JD. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, again to the Health, Wealth, and Wise podcast. We're absolutely delighted, absolutely delighted to have a very special guest with us, Mr. Rudy Chavarria. You, 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 you brought up a key point in your life that you know was the aha moment that you, you know, you had said that you weren't walking the walk. You, you knew at that point. You needed to start getting good grades. Um, and I'm going to bring that into um, another thing of, of, young, of young parents or parenting or in general <clears throat> is, um, what do they call them? Um, bulldozer parents, uh, <laughs> helicopter parents. And um, you brought up a, that, that you were in your second foster home, you were angry. So my point is, is to not let your do not shelter your child, because the more you shelter your child and you, oh, yes. you don't want them to be embarrassed by all the other students, but by by that type of interaction where and, and I believe this that seeing our son grow up that yeah it, he needs to be embarrassed. Um, he was in piano lesson yesterday, and the piano lesson teacher actually she Russian, and I uh-huh. thought that was her really you know and and she she laid into him. Uh-huh. And uh, and I and my wife's like, oh, she got mad. I'm like, good, let her get mad at him. <laughs> from mommy and daddy, it's right, right in the world. Yes. And, and so I think again, can you can you uh, maybe run with that? But I'm I'm saying is that you needed to be embarrassed as opposed yes. to having another parent who shelters you. Yes. You sheltered. Can you elaborate maybe on on that whole? Absolutely. I can tell you what my uh, philosophy was when, when my kids were young um, in, um, say, in, in middle school and just coming up. I, I had the opportunity to put them in private school um, where they would wear. And there's nothing wrong with private school where they would wear the uniform and blah, blah, blah. But my philosophy was, you know, I, I went to public school um, and I felt um, rightfully or wrong, but I felt it was important that they be uh, accustomed to living in the real world, you know, real world with real people. And that's not always easy, you know, and everybody doesn't understand you and everybody's not like you and they don't look like you and act like you or whatever, but that's life. And and so I felt um, that it was important that, that they learn life early, that as a parent, I would be there to help them, you know, when they got off track or, or got hurt or whatever. So no, 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 this, this means that to help to interpret it for me, for them, but, but for them to experience it because they will learn. You know, all kids, I think, are inherently smart and they adapt. I mean, that's life. That's how kids learn how to walk. They they get up and they wobble a little bit and then they fall and they get up and they wobble a little bit more and they fall. And then pretty soon they don't wobble as much, you know. So I think the brain is pretty similar to that, you know, uh, and this is all like in that pre-quartal uh, um, um, 
the frontal part of the brain. The, the emotion part of the brain, the amygdala, um, is, is also the same thing that our emotions have to develop and grow. Disappointment, anger, sadness, happiness, all those things have to grow also. Uh, and it's really important in the sense that they're at different stages at different ages. That a fifteen, a ten-year-old is not going to understand like an eighteen-year-old or seventeen-year-old what to do. They're ten years old, and their brain is not just there, and they're going to make some silly mistakes that you know maybe that fourteen-year-old wouldn't make because they aren't fourteen years of age. And so we parents have to be um, uh, patient, if you will. We can still be protective, we can still be supportive, and we, and most importantly, is loving. You know, and if I had to summarize it, not to sound too um, uh, too basic, but but it really is a matter of love. You know, I love you, and it's okay. You know, and and we we will get through this, and blah blah blah. Because as long as the child knows that they have that security blanket, if you will, then then they'll be okay. I I once I remember one time. Um, what one of one of my grandkids when they were born and and uh, Lorena, my wife and I, we were so concerned about this and that and whatever, whatever. And said, "Oh, is is she talking soon enough?" Or whatever, whatever. We it, typical grandparents, and we talked to one of our daughter-in-laws who was actually in child education, and and I never forget what she said. She said, "Every every child, if there's one stable adult." In that child's life, doesn't matter who it is, that child will be okay. And I never forgot that. It could be parent, grandparent, uncle, aunt, I don't know, next door neighbor, whatever, teacher, one stable adult. And 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 so what she did was she sort of made us feel better about the anxiety of of parenting or you know, grandparenting in this in this case. Um, that the kids do okay. They really do okay. That God has a plan and he sort of worked all that stuff out. And all we need to do is just be supportive and loving, and the kids will basically be okay. You know, you bring up a good point, and and that that is that children have to be told, as opposed to when a, a teenager or somebody who just gets to college, they don't have to be told. And and I, I when I when my wife and I are, are disciplining our son, sometimes uh-huh. I say, oh, in this situation. He has to be told how to think. He has mm-hmm. to be told how to feel. Yes. He doesn't know. It's new. It's, it's new for him. It's new yeah. for him. And and so when you said we have to learn how to be patient, I'm we're always praying for patience for that reason <laughs> because we think we're talking. And I've told my wife too, and I tell her, remind me if I'm doing this. Yes. Let's say you talk to him like he's an adult, and I'm like, yes, I do. Um, because he needs to, he's learning now to understand things. And so I yes. speak to him. And when he does things like uh, an award or, or does something around the house, or, and I always say to him, good man. Yes, good yes, boy. that's good. That's important. I don't say good boy. And right. Well, I will, but but for the most part, I say good man. Um, and when he asks me something, I say, yes, sir. What do you yeah. do? You know, he did. <laughs> no, yes, sir. One of the things I learned along those lines that um, it's important for me when I make a mistake as a parent, when I screw up, 
uh, to apologize to my kids. And this is, I, I don't think when I'll make this real quick, I, 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 we go to church and I would have a thing many years ago uh, when my kids were teenagers, my, the boys, uh, about, you know, you wear church clothes, you wear a tie and whatever, whatever. Well, they just felt wearing a tie to church was silly. They said, you know, I'm, I'm neat and I'm clean and why do I have to wear a tie? Well, you know, we wore ties back in the, in the 50s and the 60s when I was in Nashville, but I'm in California now. And so I went on and on and on. And then it, at some point, thank God, the light bulb came on mm-hmm. and, and and it said, you know, what's the most important thing here? Is it that they wear a tie or that they go to church? Yeah. So I said, okay, it's, it's probably that they go to church. So I, yeah. I, I intentionally went back to them and apologized. I apologize. And, and I'm I was sort of like an authoritative type father. But but I thought it important to apologize to them. Number one, to say I can screw up too. Number one. Number two, I respect you enough to say, you know what? Daddy made a mistake. You know, shouldn't have done that, shouldn't have said that, whatever the words are. Uh, and and I think that's another way of showing love that that perfection is not a requirement in life. None of us is perfect. And and so I know you're going to make mistakes and you're going to stumble and fall. That's why your dad is here and your mama here, because we're going to pick you up and help you. Um, but when we and we make mistakes, too, and that's OK, you, you, you get past that. And so I, that was an aha moment for me as a parent. Yeah. You know, um, I just had a moment where um, as a parent, where my son actually got mad at me. Mm. And called me cruel. Oh, okay. Because of the new puppy, and uh-huh. he had he had uh, peed in the house for the third time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can imagine what that's um, like. <laughs> I'm like, Lord, give me patience. Pray, make my anger go away. And, <laughs> and so, so what happened in this particular incident, and I'll. I'll Get to the point where he he literally stood up and he yelled at me and he said, You're okay. a cruel person. Yes. And and it was because I picked up the dog, um, and then I, I put him out in the garage, and then I got some getting all the towels ready and right. up. He and our son was sitting on the couch. And we have been going through this this phase where we ask him, um, uh, Phoenix, um, turn the TV off, it's time to start your homework. Okay, just a minute. Right. Just a minute phase. And then, um, so I'm cleaning up. I open the door to go throw away the the paper towels that are wet. And when I open the door, the the dog, he's a a dog town, which is the small mini uh, wiener dogs with the long Yes, yes. The door hits him on the nose and the dog yelps. Oh. And and of course, I I didn't mean to do that. And um, so when I come back, I pick him up. I come back in and that's when I walk into the living room and Phoenix stands up and he says, you, and he takes these papers and he's ripping them, are a cruel human being. And he throws okay. them the pillows. And I'm standing there and I'm in shock. <laughs> How old is he? How old is he? He just turned eight in November. And my okay. wife is standing there in shock. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> Take me now, Lord. I'm a horrible man. <laughs> and meanwhile, the dog's licking my arms. <laughs> the dog has forgiven you. Yeah. And I, and I stood there for a second. And I had to finally I had to get my composure. And then I said, wait a minute. 
I said, hold on. I said, first of all, I did not hurt, his name's Bruno. I did not hurt Bruno. The door, when it opened, it hit him in the nose and that's what you heard. And I said, and secondly, and I totally felt like I was talking to an adult. <laughs> and I said, and secondly, may I remind you that I asked you to turn off the TV and Bruno was walking back and forth to one door to the other door to get let out. Right. I said, and at the time I told him, let me lay down for five minutes. I just need to close my for five minutes before we start our homework and, and, or, or something. And I'm, and I'm, meanwhile, I'm still holding Bruno. And I said, and you saw Bruno going back and forth. You acknowledged him going back and forth, but you sat there on the couch and you watched your TV show. And I okay. said, you could have easily been responsible to hit pause, get off the couch, go let Bruno out, and then I wouldn't be cleaning up his pee. Right. Said, so I accept the fact of you getting mad at me, but you will still have to accept the fact that you were partly responsible for this. Right, he had some responsibility. Yeah, and I said, because you saw him wanting to go to the bathroom. And then he just stood there or just, you know, and I said, so you need to sit up and now you're going to go do your homework. And I, and my wife was like, how are you going to handle this guy? I could see that look in his face <laughs> like, oh my God, he called you a cruel human being. And, and then I felt better about myself. Like, okay, I'm not that But bad. you held it together. You held oh it together. God, you, you... For the rest of the day, my stomach was a knot. <laughs> I kept thinking about my son called me a cool man. Said, it's called parroting. That's okay. You know, he's 14. He calls me something else. Uh, but I want to I want to ask you, since we're talking about yes, and I had said children need to be told how to feel, need to be told what to think when they're children so they can understand it. But I find that now college students, a lot of college students, um, even feel the same way. Or I, I get that vibe from them, except that they're older and they're in college. They don't know how to open up about it. But once you throw throw out there on the table, like, okay, everybody, my cards are on the table. And I start telling stories, then everybody jumps in. And and do you do you, do you agree that it's the same? It's the same type of approach that college students also need to be told. Well, you know, I think I, I would modify the be told. I think they, they need to be told initially, particularly when it's their first time, you know, and and I think I think like like your son, he's never had a dog before that's peed on. Right. The, so this is a new experience. And he's learned about that now. I guarantee you. So he doesn't. So he doesn't have to be told every time. So I think it's okay to, for them to be told initially. But then I think you want to have a discussion. Well, what do you think? Um, did, did, does that make sense? What I just said to you, or does not make? You, you want to engage them because you're trying to see where they are. Uh, and I think a lot of times, if they're comfortable, they will engage. If they're not comfortable, they won't engage. But I think the, the goal is to ultimately get them to engage because what you want is for them to come up with the solutions themselves and not wait on mom or dad or teacher to tell them what to do. A lot of times those students who, who get to college and don't know is they, they really don't know because they've been told everything and they've never been given the opportunity to, to fail. They haven't been given the opportunity to try something and have it not work and then figure out what it means when it doesn't work. Or if they've made mistakes, they've been so brutal 
brutalized that they say, I'll never try again. I'll just I'll just stay back and follow the crowd and I'll just do what everybody else does. I'm not going to put myself out there and get hurt again. You, you want them to blossom. You want them to take reasonable risk with things uh, and not rely on anybody just telling them everything. But certainly you want to have a conversation, you know, but I was off with what do you think? You know, I said this. Does that make sense to you or you think there's a better way? So you're constantly trying to get them to tell you what they should do. Uh, and then pretty soon, you know, it gets to the point where you said, OK, I think they're 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 ready now. I, hope I can step back and it's like driving a car. Uh, pretty soon they they get it right and then they don't go from, you know, side sidewalk to sidewalk type thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's the process. And every everybody's different. And here's the other kicker. Boys are different from girls. Boys are different from girls. I say this all the time, uh, in particular, one of my frustrations, and this is when I was practicing, is uh, a patient would come in for whatever surgical reason, but they would just start talking. Uh, and they would talk about their son who's in uh, middle school, and uh, the teacher can't control him because he's always talking and is this and is that. And the teacher said that he's uh, uh, hyperactive. Uh, and whatever I hear that term, my... my, my and ADHD, and they want to put him on Ritalin. They want to put him on medication. Right. And I, I, I give my basic speech about that. I said, number one, testosterone is different from estrogen. It's not like it's right or wrong. It's just different. You know, that yes. whole was Mars Venus thing. That is true. Yes. Yes. And, and it just means that you've got to use different skills with boys than you're going to use with girls. We yes. know that in, in elementary school, girls of, of many times can be uh, much more advanced in terms of language and English and articulation and expressing themselves. Boys develop a little later sometimes with that. Girls may grow taller. Boys grow taller later than that. Uh, So part of it is just recognizing that boys and girls are different and not try to put one into into the other's thing. Um, And there's this extra literature. I'm, I'm one of those people, you mentioned AI or the computer. I'm one of those people who think parents should embrace AI. Yeah. Uh, you, you don't have to be experts on it, but you need to learn it. You need to know what it can do. And, and those are basic AI types of questions that don't get into um, uh, difficulty that you can ask. What's the difference between boys and girls at age nine? AI I can tell you that because it's just basic facts. You know, it has nothing to do with feelings or emotions or opinions, um, but they are different and, and, and recognize that difference. Got it. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's um, yeah. And and you know what? That's one of the things that um, when our son, who's our, our only child, mm-hmm. boy, is hanging around his cousins, two cousins who are girls. Okay. I've been I've been really trying to, and and we're doing that now. We're making mm-hmm. sure Phoenix goes or hangs around with some of his friends that are boys. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. our son gravitates towards the bad boys. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, now he's mm-hmm. starting to realize that, okay, these boys get me into trouble. Mm-hmm. And so now we are, we as parents are now moving forward to have like date nights. Um, you go to the movies with some of the boys and their parents. Okay. And so, yeah, we're, we're making that, that transition. So this way he's not just around. Because when he is around his cousins, his two cousins that are girls. Mm-hmm. Yes. He plays with them rough, 
Because he's a boy, right? Yeah, I say we have to get him around other boys. Right. Because if you start playing rough with him, hey, it's part of the territory, dude. Don't complain. You do that. Exactly. 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 There is no easy answer to any of this, you know, and we all fumble our way through it. But the good news is, number one, God is in charge. And number two, most most of the kids do well. I mean, in spite of the parents, you know, and in spite of us not knowing what to do or what to say. uh, And so that always gives me gives me hope that um, uh, someone other than just the parents are in charge. You know, that the kids sort of find their way and that sort of thing. Um, but it's a joy to be able to interact with them. But our job is to protect and and, and, and help them, keep them yeah. safe. Yeah, and, and what we, how do you feel about that whole statement of, of, of prayer, you know, um, being a, a major part of the family and, and even when, you know, like because you keep bringing up God, and, and <laughs> that, that is a, a big part of having a successful child grow up. It, it was certainly, and and I can only speak about myself. It was certainly an important part of my life. Um, you know, now I, you know, I I was I mentioned about the foster homes, and that's that's another whole different issue. But I was in. Uh, about three foster homes before I ended up before I entered college, um, and each one was a challenge for for different reasons, um, and and I think what what religion helped me with or my faith helped me with and my parents goes went to church and and that was just just what we did was it it, it allowed me at a certain point to chart my own path to develop my own relationship that was independent of my parents and I think that was an important part of my growth and I personally I'm not talking about denomination I think there's one God and and I you know whichever path you want to go through you you go through that path um but i do think certainly for me personally that recognizing that there is a supreme being that recognizing that we humans are not the end all to everything um sort of gives me hope and and it's certainly given me hope during different stages of my life you know and i i want my kids to have that same opportunity you know how they use it is how they use it but it was clearly a benefit for me you know, I, I was not the best kid. I was, you know, um, I, I call them angels. There were a lot of adults and others who would pull me to the side and say, what are you doing? You know, you are, you, you know, that sort of thing. Now, <laughs> it's more difficult to do that nowadays, you know, because of the laws and the rules. But still, there are people who will help you and will help your child. And there were people who helped me. And so I think faith is an important part of that. Yes. Okay. Oh man, what a what a I I'm always so energized um in our conversations and in our last one which was you know a month ago. Uh, uh-huh. so I'm still buzzing about that last one. <laughs> so am I buzzing about this one too. So yeah, just fabulous information. Uh, and it's and it's really why I think um, and like I said we'll have uh, Jesse get in touch with y'all, chief, our production officer. We can do other things together. You yeah, know? I, like even this one right here would be brilliant for me to send it out to colleagues yeah. and then yeah. conference and such. So yeah, and you can chop it up and do what, whatever you want to do. Well, I, you I'll know, send that's it out fun. To 
<laughs> because I believe the synergy that we both have off of each other, I think, is brilliant. So, but, but you know that that's one of the things I learned as I was reading and uh, you know going through my process of trying to learn, and 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 what they talk about was just just be yourself. And and it's the value of that synergy, as you call it, that that's most beneficial to most people. Just two people talking, sharing experiences, you know, and and others learn from that. Just like when I listen to stuff, you know, I can read a book or whatever, but I, I want to hear real world stuff, you know, and yeah. and and that that's what what I, I what what benefits the most. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Um. Now, did you have anything written down that you wanted me? To... No, no, I, I, I completely go with you. I, you know, is it is so? I'll, I'll let you. Is there anything else you want to share before we, before we end? And I, I appreciate you being so patient with us again. No, uh, to no, do no, this. this fantastic. I think the the only thing, and this just came to me right now, um, is that I I would like to for your audience. I don't know if it's a faith based audience or it's a mix of both, but. Mm -hmm. I, um, especially since we're talking about faith in any denomination mm -hmm. uh, that there is God is is to be able to say to your audience that you know if call this a prayer but I'd I'd like to ask I'd like to push to to say that may may blessings come upon you may what we're talking about um, enlighten you and and that um, I, that I pray that. Uh, that this helps somebody who is either confused or depressed or even suicidal think like, yeah, you know what? I can pull myself out of that. I'll yeah. now take diligence to, to find out techniques because there are mm -hmm. techniques to pull yourself out of depression. Yes. Yes. Um, and to be that responsible to, to pull themselves out, you know, I pray this for your audience and, and in concluding our, uh, our podcast that, uh, that everybody gets that and something. And if you do, then, and if you're, you're feeling it, then spread the word and, and yes. with other friends and people. And uh, to that, I say, amen. Amen. I, I say amen. Also, I think, I think that's completely appropriate and good. I think, I think one, one of the things of leadership is to share with others what's gotten you to where you are. Um, and then they can judge, you know, they can agree or disagree or whatever. Uh, but um, um, as always, we, we, we thank you for your time and we thank you for your words of wisdom. And with that, uh, you have, you have a blessed day. Likewise. Oh. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise podcast with Dr. William T. Choctaw, MDJD. Be sure to check out other great episodes covering areas of health, wealth, and wisdom at thwwp.com. And while you're there, be sure to check out the books, blogs, and other literature in your preferred format. And don't forget to leave a review, subscribe, share, and support the podcast. That's at thwwp.com. You've been listening to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise podcast with Dr. William T. Choctaw, MD, JD.